Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hello, this is Let's Talk About Myths, baby. I'm Liv, and I like to talk about Greek mythology. It's my thing. Well, it's been a little while, but I'm back with a mini-myth, because my schedule requires it. I've been trying to do fewer of these lately, both because you listeners are amazing and you deserve it, but also because I'm far wordier than when I was when I started this podcast, and there are now few stories that I don't have 5,000 words to say about. <laughs> but alas... There are still some stories and gods where there just isn't enough to fill a half hour's time, and those, dear friends, will get mini-myths. And because my day job is managing a clothing store, this season gets a little crazy. To say I've had a lot going on would be the understatement of a lifetime. So here we are. And a quick warning that today's episode, while not violent, is kind of extra when it comes to the assault and, well, bestiality that is so common in Greek mythology. The latter a little less common, thankfully. Mini-Myth, Party Time with Pan and Syrinx. Oh, the god Pan. What an interesting guy. Pan is one of the few gods who doesn't have an entirely human shape. He's a bit more memorable. Pan has the legs and tail of a goat, sometimes the horns of one, and a big old beard like the hipster he is, and pointed ears. He's always a bit worked up, too. Pan's origins include, as all Greek myths, a variety of options when it comes to his parents and who they were. His father is usually Hermes, though there are a minimum of six different women who could be his mother. So we'll stick to one, 
the one that I find most interesting, for it is also the most random. Penelope! Yes, that Penelope. It's possible that she is the mother of Pan. Perhaps she gave birth to Pan after sleeping with Hermes, in the form of a ram, as one does. Or maybe he's hers and Odysseus's child. Yes, that's possible too, though seems less likely to me. Or maybe, they say, just maybe, Penelope gave birth to Pan after being impregnated by all of her suitors. Yes, all of them. Is that why he's part goat? Maybe it's not clear. That goes along with the version of the story I told last week, though. Like, maybe she fucked all her suitors because she was bored and they were there and Odysseus wasn't. You get yours, Penelope. And maybe make a half-goat man in the process. Whatever keeps you going. Regardless of his parentage, though, Pan becomes an important god in his own right. He frequently hangs out with Dionysus, as Pan likes Dionysus's wine and party vibes. He's a lot, Pan. A lot, just as a person. He's intimidating and loud. It's said that Athenians didn't worship Pan until when the Persians were preparing to invade Athens, an Athenian traveled to Sparta to ask for their help. Along the way, he ran into Pan, who startled him, then accosted him, then told this Athenian that he would scare the barbarians, the Persians, provided the Athenians began worshipping him. Seems reasonable. Though even with stories like this, ultimately Pan is the god of forests, of shepherds, and of the flock. It doesn't suit, but there it is. With this introduction of Pan out of the way, though, I give you one of his more famous stories. There's a nymph named Syrinx. Syrinx is one of the most famous of the woodland nymphs who live on the mountainside in Arcadia. Their home is the forest of Nonacris. Syrinx is famous for having to deal with a whole lot of bullshit, from satyrs, from gods. She's constantly working to escape these men who are constantly trying to assault her. We're really going back to my podcast roots with this story. What a load of bullshit. Being famous because you've had to work your ass off to not get raped by many, many men. Good times. Good times. They say that the reason she escaped all these men is that she's like Artemis, a proud virgin. It may also be, though, I don't know, maybe. Just maybe that she didn't want to get assaulted by strange men on the mountainside. Who's to say, though? Syrinx, too, resembled Artemis. She dressed like her, i.e. like a badass woman who was always prepared for a fight and or hunting. The difference between the two, though, is what their bows are made of. Diana's is gold and Syrinx's is Cornell wood. Whatever that means. But all the time, Syrinx is mistaken for Artemis. One lovely afternoon, Syrinx is traveling back to her nymph home from Mount Achaeus when a certain god, Pan, spots her from far away. Of course, not only is he a man, but he's a god who's almost always depicted as having an absolute fucking enormous erect penis. So obviously he's into Syrinx. Very into her. Pan pursues Syrinx, and she's not interested, as one might have expected. She runs from him, and she's fast. Syrinx runs from Pan as fast as she can. Finally, though, she reaches a river that she can't pass, and he's gaining on her. 
This is where the bummer that often is Greek mythology once more rears its head. Syrinx's only solution for, to being chased by a man who wants to rape her is to call on her nymph sisters and ask them to transform her into something not human. Something this god can't rape. And I should say, Pan is also into having sex with goats, so she really needs to transform herself in order to escape him. Pan is something else. Anyway, Syrinx calls out to her nymph sisters, begging them to transform her, and they hear her, and they do transform her. By the time Pan catches up to Syrinx and wraps his arms around the woman, she's no longer a woman. She's been transformed. All Pan is able to grasp are these reeds that are growing out of the side of the river. The reeds vibrate as Pan wraps his arms around them, and it makes a sound. It's a nice sound, if a little sad. Pan is a musical god, and he's taken with the sound these reeds are making. And so trying to sound romantic in a really, really unromantic situation, Pan calls out to Syrinx, this woman who's just transformed to get away from him. He tells her, Well then, this is how I'll converse with you. And so he cuts some of these reeds, joins them with wax, and creates an instrument that he calls a syrinx, and that he uses from this time on, but that gets turned into being called a panpipe because women can't have anything. But Pan isn't always chasing women with the intention of raping them, thankfully. No other times he's far more entertaining. Pan is where we get the word panic, and why, you ask? Well, Pan has a habit. He likes to nap in forests, as one does, and he's a particularly light sleeper and a particularly angry waker-upper. So when someone stumbles upon his forest naps, he reacts loudly. When unceremoniously awoken by someone passing nearby, he would scream loudly from wherever he was hidden and had just been sleeping. Usually he's in a grotto or a grove. This sudden sound from someone the person can't see and wasn't expecting would elicit, well, a panic. This aspect of his personality seems well documented from an early time, but later he does become more of like a god of panic. This later version uses panic like we think of it, more like terror than a shock at a loud noise, like the earlier accounts. Personally, though, I prefer Pan as the god of shouting from a bush at being woken up, rather than real and true terror. Pan is also an incredibly phallic figure. As I mentioned, often he's portrayed with an absolutely enormous and very hard dong. There are also depictions of him having sex with goats, I tweeted one yesterday, he is an interesting fellow, quite apart from most other Greek gods, very over the top, very himself. As this figure, this sexual and uniquely weird figure, Pan also likes to boast. He used to brag that he'd had sex with all of Dionysus's drunken maenads. Though, again, I'm not certain he's to be believed. He sounds more like a frat guy bragging about so-called conquests. But Pan... Oh, well, Pan is also the only god known to have actually died. According to Plutarch, it's a man named Thamus who discovers the death of Pan. He's traveling by ship to Italy. En route, he hears a divine voice shout across the sea. It calls him by name and tells him that when he reaches where he's headed, he should let everyone know that the great god Pan is dead. 
no information on how or whether that's a trustworthy source, just a random dude told by a random voice on the air that a god has died. Obviously, though, it's taken as fact. But at the same time, Graves notes that this man, Thamus, apparently actually misheard a ceremonial lament that was saying that actually the all-great Tammuz is dead. Another guy entirely. But what he thought he heard was his own name being very specifically told that the god Pan is dead. This I find hilarious. Two ancient sources fighting with each other. Apparently Plutarch pretty much believed this other source, but he wrote it as fact anyway, that this god had died. Anyway, apparently the shrines and various worship sites for Pan were still very much frequented and worshipped at. So maybe he didn't die after all, though how a god officially dies is beyond me. But seriously, be careful in the forest, or maybe stay out of it entirely. And that, friends, is most of what we know of the at-times sexy, always musical, typically insane, goat god Pan. friends. Ah, thank you all for listening. This is what I could find on Pan, someone who you've all asked about many, many times. This is through all my books and the most helpful website on the planet, theoi.com. Check them out because they basically just list ancient sources and quotes from them. And oh my god, are they helpful. They often have sources that I would never be able to find on my own that aren't in print anymore or are so fragmented, they're just not readily available. Or they help me just generally by listing sources that I do have, and then I just go find the information in those sources directly. Anyway, I live for Theoi.com. I hope to eventually find more on Pan. He's a fascinating character that, as you can tell, doesn't have many ancient stories about him, and yet is a god that has carried on from the ancient world quite intensely. Like, I actually originally started writing this mini-myth ages ago after listening to an episode of the podcast The Dollop. They had a crazy story of a woman in Australia who brought worship of the god Pan to a whole other level. I don't remember what episode it was, but if you can find it, you should listen to it. Pan will feature into more stories too. This is just sort of his most memorable and an intro into the man himself, a fascinating guy who likes to jump up and yell out of the bushes. Just please don't wake the sleeping god Pan from his place hidden in a grove, because let me tell you, you will panic. And no, neither of the little demon guys from Disney's Hercules are meant to be the god Pan. Thank you all for listening, and a big thank you to all the new patrons I've gotten lately. I hope to have a new post for you very soon. You're all the absolute best. I'm Liv, and I do love this shit. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. 
GameBridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Please visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.